Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded, recently hitting 6 million listens. Support us by buying a copy of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a small donation. In return, we'll give you the chance to nominate a guest and even win lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. Find out more at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin! Italian Wine Podcast is delighted to present a series of highlights from the 2022 Wine to Wine Business Forum, focusing on wine communication and bringing together the most influential speakers in the sectors to discuss the hottest topics facing the wine industry today. Don't forget to tune in every Thursday at 2pm Central European Time or visit winetowine.net for more information. I interviewed Oscar recently before the opening of Italy. I got there and I started asking questions and he said, but it's in English, you didn't tell me this. But what I like the most about Oscar is that he only knows 100 words in English, maybe a couple of more, 102, 105, because I've just been to New York. Anyway, he managed to, to communicate by using only 100 words. And if you want to have a look at the video, it is on Mama Jumper Shrimp, Oscar Farinetti, and it's got one, it's got so many views, like 5,000 views. I decided to invite Oscar this morning because this session is called The Lost Art of Listening. I do remember him when I met him. He didn't own a smartphone. He had a very old Nokia 3710 phone. I used to sell phones and 37 phone was one of the most powerful phones. I think you remember this phone. And he didn't have an email address at the time. I do remember about him at the time. And he's the real maestro, the master of communication. So I'd like Oscar to share his version of listening, listening to others and listening to yourself. So 10, 15 minutes for a Q&A session and you've got 30 minutes before the Q&A session. First of all, congratulations. The title is great. The Lost Art of Listening. It goes beyond wine. There's a new form of weird humankind. And we could go back to the Middle Ages where, the, where man was at the center so we reinvented a new kind of era. Myself, I, myself and I, because we all talk about ourselves. And if you listen to a dialogue, there is a, someone who starts speaking and they tell their story, their issue, their problem, because I, I, I. And then the other person usually listens or pretends to listen and he said, okay, it's true, but I, 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 and they tell their story, their issue, their problem. It's always about ourselves. The most common word today is I, and this is an issue in Italy because we all talk about ourselves and nobody listens to other people because we only care about ourselves and our own problems. It's because 
of our interpretation of social media, we consider social media, social networks as a tool to talk about myself. That's cool. Instagram, Instagram stories. It's all about my own stories. I like telling people what I'm doing, what I will do tomorrow. We always talk about ourselves. That's the end of the dialogue. And this happens specifically in politics. And it's got a cascade effect on all of us because we only talk about ourselves. So this is just the introduction, but listening is key. We created a place to listen to ourselves and to listen to others in Fontana Fredda. It is called Il Bosco dei Pensieri, the wood of thoughts. It's the last wood in the Langa region. And now there's Nobbiolo everywhere in that region. So people can access this wood, they can listen to each other. There are 12 steps, 12 stages. Each stage is about a specific value. These values are represented by a number of signs that deal with these topics. Cogito ergo sum. I think then I am. This is the starting point. The whole pathway takes just an hour to walk along the pathway and it is about wine and storytelling about wine. This is what I should talk about today. How do you communicate about wine? If you are so lucky and you were born in Italy, first of all, you should learn how to communicate. This is a huge issue. I mean, we are a fantastic country with so many positive things. The most positive things are our hands. Italians' hands are the best hands in the world. We are great in manufacturing. I'm referring to primary activities, agriculture, and it's the primary activity of humankind because agriculture has existed for 15,000 years since a guy was born where now Iraq, Iran, and other countries are located. And he was very lucky because he was born there at the time and that region was very wealthy because this is where agriculture was invented and agriculture was an invention that changed our history as fire, for instance, did 1.5 million years ago. That's a book by Roy Lewis, 1960. It's a bestseller now and it tells the story of Ernest and Edward who invented fire and everything changed. There's another invention that changed history, writing, and fantastic uh, writing. It's Emmercard that invented um, writing because he wanted to communicate with a colleague of his in another kingdom and each kingdom had its own uh, language and so he was the first global person and global people invent, while those who are nationalists uh, do not invent anything. And uh, history goes back 
backwards. And that guy wanted to talk. He said, I wanted to start a trading with you. I don't want to conquer you. Maybe I like to invent a language that unites us. And every single time the other guy sent a messenger and he said, they don't understand. They are afraid that I might want to start a war. And so he starts graving some signs on clay. And there are 600 26 tiles in the Alessandra Museum, and you should have a look at these uh, tiles where writing was invented. And uh, there was some resistance at the time. They didn't want to write. They were very cultured and uh, smart people like Socrates that didn't want people to write. Socrates told Plato, don't write because writing kills brains, stops communication, spoils our memory. But Plato wrote 36 books and a great books, a symposium. These books are excellent and with Hemingway style. And we had the opportunity to get to know Plato and the doubt. The most important thing we know is that we do not know anything. Now we are so lucky. We're so lucky today because we could tell that we are those who lived the transition from analog to digital. This changed our life and global people invented that. American guys and they started a revolution and they invented a new world, a world where everyone can communicate, where poor people can access education as rich people. And then the the starting point was great then somebody realized that he could become the richest person of the earth and he kind of forget about that. Then Wikipedia interprets this, resu- this revolution in a great way. So offering everyone knowledge without collecting our data, without any advertising. Wikipedia is fantastic. If you use Wikipedia, please donate at least once a year, one euro, two euros, ten euros, please do that. And Stevie, you can see there are people from Sicily who are speaking on the phone during the conference. You can do that. So if you were lucky enough to be born in Italy, you should realize that there are so many Italians here, many Italians who decided to be born here. There are people who forgot about that. There are people who decided not to be born in Italy, and so they are beasts because you are immoral, not just because you were born in Libya and in Burundi and you wanted to come to Italy. You're, you're immoral. You should decide to be born in Italy, as I did. And so we should defend our frontiers. We should defend our country where we did not decide to be born. We were just lucky to be born here. This country is great. It can do so many things because of generations of Italians who were much cooler than we are. Think of what we had in Italy, who we had in Italy. 
think of the Roman Empire and one emperor had everything and what did he do? He said, why are there thousands of children who die in my empire? Why are there so many people that die in my empire? They starve. So he took half of his wealth and then he calls his ghost writer. I can't remember his name. He was cool too. And he asked him to write something. It was a sort of law to use rich people's wealth to help poor people. And everybody contributed. And he did great. Think of Lorenzo il Magnifico who enters in Andrea del Verrocchio's atelier. He was great. He was a great artist. And as any artist, he trained at an art school and he was lucky enough because one of his pupils was Botticelli, another one was Perugino, another one was Lorenzo di Credi, and another one was Leonardo da Vinci and Ghirlandaio. They were all there. Lorenzo il Magnifico enters his atelier and he says, guys, guys, first of all, you should trust your capacities because you're great. You should trust other people because they will understand your art and your art should become a business and not a hobby. Beauty should become the engine of our nation, Florence. Then he went abroad and abroad meant Milan. And so he said, Leonardo, he told Leonardo, go to Federico Moro and create a bronze horse for him. He, Leonardo went to Milan. He never finished his horse, and this is great about Leonardo da Vinci. Wine to Wine Business Forum. Everything you need to get ahead in the world of wine. Supersize your business network. Share business ideas with the biggest voices in the industry. Join us in Verona on November 13 to 14, 2023. Tickets available now at winetowine.net. And Botticelli should go to Sixtus the Fourth uh, that wanted uh, to have something called the Sixtine Chapel. You start working there and you, Perugino, travel around the world and uh, take snapshots of uh, the wealthy because they have so much money and they, you can make a business out of it and uh, um, then put something of Tuscany in those pictures, in those paintings um, of Tuscany always. So this was Lorenzo Magn the Magnificent. We have incredible people in the the history of Italy. And we are the descendants of these people, which means that we are great. We invented farming. We did. There we should read, read Plinius the Old and others. We invented the meal. We invented so many farming tools and also automatic irrigation that worked better in the past than it does now. Even in drought years, rice would anyway be grown and life would continue. You know that. We invented everything possible. We have this incredible skill. And where are we less good? We are less good at communicating. That's the point. And the French actually um, 
took the lion's share due to that because they are good at communicating and they have a great product and produce. I always go to France to learn to communicate. I live uh, in France uh, for, for long periods. I go there, I learn, I copy, I have, uh, I love France. And uh, you uh, can be in a place and uh, you, you are surrounded by wonderful places and wonderful wines and they have not only castles, they have everything possible. I often travel to Turin uh, from where I normally live and before reaching Turin I, you go through Moncalieri, which is a small town and there is one castle which is great. It is astonishing, uh, built by the Savoy family at the end of the uh, 1600. It's a great manufacturing skill, becoming a castle. You see that And we uh, refurbished and restored it wonderfully in France. They have nothing which compares to it. A great creative capability and so much art in the castle. It is a marvel. And imagine if it were uh, in, in France, then they would have uh, indications about uh, the Chateau de Montcalieri starting from 100 kilometers away. They would even drive an exit for the motorway leading there. We only have uh, one uh, sign uh, postage in, 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 on the motorway writing that there is a radar control for speed because we are very good at uh, forbidding things because we are lazy. It's very easy to forbid things. You simply uh, um, open a, a law code and uh, copy what it says there and make a sign writing a speed limit radar control. And we don't advertise our beauty. In order to advertise beauty, you have to be educated, you have to read, you have to commit yourself. We are too lazy. Laziness is one of the negative features of Italians, of our country and of our people. And uh, So we need to uh, be better on that front and also to tell the story of wine better. How should we narrate wine? How do we do that? Well, lately we have improved on that in that respect as well. And we have been successful. We were really below zero in the 80s. Possibly we were the worst wine producers in the world. Wine did not taste well at all. And then there was a sort of rebound effect because we hit uh, the bottom and then we had this rebound effect and uh, we managed to, in a way, uh, uh, metaphorically kill uh, our uh, competitors in Marzola, even in the Lange area where I come from, we would uh, uh, improve. At, at the time before that, uh, people would compete uh, to be the worst. The methanol was a scandal. Methanol was taxed less than uh, ethyl alcohol and uh, people forgot to read about the dosage and uh, uh, so they did not uh, uh, know that if you put too much methanol people get blind and may die and that was really hitting the bottom that happened not only in the area I come from but all over Italy uh, we had a decrease by 60 to 70% of sales in wine a disaster, it looked like the end of wine for Italy and then we uh, started again from scratch and we started producing well in the Lange area and everywhere in Italy and when you do that 
that in the country which boasts the highest biodiversity on Earth, with this incredible manufacturing capacity, then you're capable of producing the best wine in the world. So when we communicate wine, the first thing we should do is this is the identity element for us in, in Italy. It is the element that marks out our marks out our identity. It should be our flagship. And you see, one day I interviewed Grauner and uh, I started the interview. Uh, and uh, start, by the way, I started in the wine business late. Uh, I was born in Alba, though, on the 24th of September during harvest uh, in 1954, which was a good year uh, and harvest, but not uh, excellent uh, My father was from Barbaresco, my mom from Barolo, and I'm not kidding. So that's destiny. But we did other things, uh, electronic uh, appliances and uh, household appliances. That was my gig at the time. It is not so that uh, I did not have a smartphone in the beginning because I was not able to use it. Of course not. I was simply against uh, using, let's say, appliances in general, devices in general, as a fashion as something which you simply do because everybody does. And uh, I think that they should improve life instead. On the 1st of April 2000, uh, I was at Uniero Troni, which is a store in Rome. And uh, uh, we opened, we had opened recently. It was a great success. And on the 1st of April, I would uh, play a trick on, on my clients uh, because this is tradition in Italy on the 1st of April. And uh, um, there were the first cell phones. It was huge devices they were like war devices and they were so expensive they their price was let's say 250 dollars at the time and so uh, on the daily which is called the messengero i, I published one uh, snapshot of a sale and i wrote this also works as a tv and there was a small satellite dish on top and then i invented 1000 functions they it even had a, a toothbrush that could be extracted and you could brush your teeth and also razor blade. So I said, this is the cell phone at, uh, let's say, $50 for the first time ever and only today, 1st of April at Troni in Rome. And then I wrote a very small close at the bottom of the page, writing, you, you of course understand that this is a joke. You should look for a cell phone or for a phone that is good at making calls and not all the other things. You buy a washing machine because it washes well and not to brush your teeth. Well, at 6.30 in the morning, people were already queuing up at the store, one kilometer of people queuing up and people in Rome got angry at me when they understood that it was a joke. But it worked because people spoke about us. We have to speak about wine as the identity element for our country. We are the first producer, leading producer in the world, 50,000 hectoliters in the world, more or less. And uh, the French produce less than we do. The first thing we should tell about is the, our terroir. Of course. 
and that again is an identity element. We have 1,000 local varieties. We produce wine everywhere in Italy. In France, they have 222. They have fantastic areas where they make wine, but not the entire country is dedicated to winemaking. You know how things started in France, the competition between the Romans and the Greeks. You know, you remember Caesar. He did eight campaigns in Gallia, which was part of France. And he would always find an excuse having to fight the kings of the time. The point was that at the time, people in Gallia lived wonderfully in Provence. They he would find uh, things that uh, then uh, painters like Picasso or Van Gogh or Matisse looked for. It was the light. It was Gallian Arborenses and the other one, the area of uh, Milan and so on and so forth was of no interest of all. And then he would go from Gal- to Galicia. It was a place uh, where they could uh, e- eat wonderful fish and uh, he b- b- built a villa there and uh, he would uh, uh, simply have a wonderful time with uh, girls from the place, which apparently were astonishing as well. You see, when U- Julius Caesar went back Rome, people started uh, saying, "Men, close your women inside the, the, your, the, your home because uh, he's back." He was very heterosexual, let's say, and he loved drinking and eating well. During the second campaign, he brought uh, vines from Aquileia to France because he did not like the uh, wine he could find in Marseille. It, it was wines from Greece, and uh, he he disliked it strongly. So he brought wine to the places where he did the campaigns, uh, so, also including France. And then we had the Middle Ages, the dark ages, so they are called, so they were for Italy, because it was the the, the beginning of a terrible religious uh, um, frantic period. We even put people on uh, uh, arson, uh, including uh, Giordano Bruno. We were um, worse than during the Crusades, during the Middle Ages in Italy. And then uh, during the first uh, half of the 20th century, we did terrible things. Leaving that aside, we should talk about terroir. Uh, When I started the interview, I told you about earlier on, my first uh, question, and it was more or less 2008 at the time, so quite a a long time ago. Anyway, uh, I I remember that uh, the first wine I bought was My Lady Wine by La Roche, and it is a wonderful book uh, where she writes uh, wine is business. It is great business. The only uh, tough period is the first 250 years. And uh, I was aged 53 at the time. I thought I will never make it. I thought that the only way to make it was to study. I'm uh, really um, a person who wanted to find out about things. If you don't know something, why not study? Uh, Why uh, simply listening to people who tell you, well, I did 50 harvests before understanding things, uh, but they 
they never studied. If you study, you can do better than, than people with uh, practical experience. Of course, you have also to be together with people who work in, in, in the vineyard and be together with winemakers and be there when there is that magic moment of uh, um, starting a harvest when uh, everybody is quarreling and it is a wonderful day. The winemakers... Uh, uh, fight uh, with uh, the harvesters. Uh, one person from the, la- the from the winemaking lab says, "Well, we you 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 have to wait a bit more. It is too acid." But the person in charge of the harvest wants to start harvesting, so it is two conflicting interests that clash, and there are risks. It might be that the weather changes, that the rain pours down, or the temperatures drop. If you want to learn about wine, you have to be there and look at the farmer quarreling with the winemaker. And it is a wonderful fight. It is a romantic dialogue. It is a real dialogue. But people do not speak about themselves. They speak about wine. And you have to study in addition to doing that. So I thought, well, why not writing a book? And I did so. It sold very well. It is called the Storie di Coraggio in Italian. Uh, wine, I love you. And uh, the, I sold a bit in in, in Italy and uh, 300,000 copies in the United States. And they tell about 12 uh, famous families in uh, the world of wine. I traveled all over Italy to speak with them together with Segaro Yashi, who has, is my age, and he's from Japan. He looks 20 years younger. So he would taste the wines with Gaia, with Graham, with others. And uh, um, uh, the one from Sasikaya was his name. Okay, and uh, we wanted to speak of wine, and he only spoke of his horse, and uh, the name of the horse was Rebo, and he changed his life. He told me, I want to find another Rebo. That's uh, the point in my life, and we wanted to taste uh, Sasikaya instead. Wine to Wine Business Forum. Everything you need to get ahead in the world of wine. Supersize your business network. Share business ideas with the biggest voices in the industry. Join us in Verona on November 13 to 14, 2023. Tickets available now at pointwine.net. He talks about wine and I wanted to understand more about these families, 82 generations, Gaia, nine generations. I wanted to understand why they got there, how they got there, the relationship with their children, with their fathers, with the soil. I learned so much. And Grana told me French to talk about terroir because they don't have any terroir. And this is true compared to us. They have less soil and less terroir. I mean, they have a great terroir per se, but if we compare them with us, they don't. We should talk about biodiversity. We should talk about the indigenous vineyards. We should talk about the supply chain. Every single element in our life is part of a supply chain. Consider the life supply chain. I am talking, I am saying words. It's the musical part of life, the central part of life. But what's the supply chain? Feelings, thoughts, words, actions, 
products, just like a tree, roots, trunk, and branches. Branches are the words, and leaves are the actions, and the apple is the product. This is the life supply chain. I'm telling words which are the children of my feelings. I guess you got it. You might agree or disagree with me, but you do understand my feelings, how I feel. These feelings create thoughts, and I am Socrates. I can change these thoughts, but then when I talk, I reveal myself, and this is essential. This is about farming and food. What the food supply chain, farming, processing, kitchen, plate, and Italy in 2007 talked about all this in business terms. In 2007, there was no TV program about food, unlike what happened in the past. Things have changed, and Italy talks about food, talks about Italian food in a structured, sentimental way, farming, processing, kitchen, as in cooking, and plate. And you should study farming to enjoy food. And if we talk about food, what we enjoy the most is wine, because alcohol is great. Alcohol is fantastic. It is cool if you can manage it properly, meaning not getting drunk. If you can manage wine consumption, 0.5, that's the threshold in Italy, not uh, to get arrested, but then it could change according to different regions. And alcohol is great. Alcohol is fantastic because, as Cicero said, in vino veritas, so the truth lies in the wine. And Socrates did that. He was a vegetarian, but he was no Nazi. If he was invited to dinner and he was offered meat, he ate it. But he wrote a great thing. He said we should stop eating beef otherwise and meat otherwise there will be wars because it means that there will be troubles and socrates why was he the greatest because during the symposia people drank a lot during a symposium it was like a talk today so the symposium symposium was held at somebody's place and the host chose the topic, for instance, love, eros, so the connection between spiritual love and physical love. It was about politics, analytics, ethics, and they drank a lot, so they got drunk, and this is where true things were discovered. Then everybody collapsed, but Socrates, because he, he was the greatest philosopher, because he understood his limits, and wine is great as spirits are, and wine is the best drink in the world, and I should stop here, 70 billion, this is the sales in the wine industry, Coca-Cola company, 110 billions, beer for 180 billions. Why is the wine market so small? Because uh, there are many countries where wine is not uh, 
common like Africa, Asia, Japan, China. They don't drink it for religious reasons or for other reasons, for their history, their tradition. And sooner or later, they will get to it. They will start drinking wine. I'm fully persuaded that in 40 years' time, everybody will drink wine. So my son will be 70, and I assume 300 billions. We just uh, opened uh, the third Italy in Dubai, and we have uh, a drink license, uh, alcohol license, and everybody drinks it. So 300 billions, this will be the turnover in the wine market. And so Italy and France will not be the champions any longer. And Italy and France account for 45 billions today. And the French are better communicators than we are. So this is why they sell more. We're getting closer and the average price is a double our price because you can sell something better if you communicate it effectively. It's not about cheating, it's about storytelling. We lose value because of how it is communicated. It's really about storytelling. It's only about storytelling. But storytelling should be based on research. We should talk about the terroir, the supply chain, what was what was done in the fields, in the cellar, in the winery, the packaging, and the people, the people. We should talk about family histories and wineries histories. This is what we should do. What will happen when we get to 300 billions in terms of markets? There will be other places in the world that will produce much more wine than we do, and they will have more hectares than us. And we've got the problem of climate change. We will find a way to produce great wine. We will find a way, even if it will be hard. It's easier to handle wine than rice, for instance. Rice struggled because of the lack of water. And what are we supposed to do, the French and us? We should be legendary. We should create legends and myths. And we'll be legendary. There will be families that can afford open a bottle of Italian French wine, but to become legendary, you need to have an identity. Identity is key. Identity is key, once again. If I say, close your eyes and think of a Mercedes or a BMW, you can do it. Close your eyes and think of a Fiat. It's harder because it does several things. So identity, identity is key. And... The French do have their own identity. It's called terroir, and it's hard to beat them in terms of storytelling. And which identity do we have? We are great in terms of climate for agriculture, and so our identity should be clean, green. You can disagree with me, you can agree with me, because uh, there are specialists uh, who say, why, why should we do that? 
the our identity is organic because if you open a bottle of Italian wine, you will die later than if you open a bottle coming from another country. We will not be that dramatic, of course, but Italy can be great, not only in terms of wine, but in terms of climate change and climate emergency. We are the best in Europe for plastic recycling and wood recycling. We rank first in the world. We are great. 47% of our energy is produced from renewables. So we should install PV systems along motorways. We should install wind farms on islands. And if we do that in two years' time, we can get it. Think of green Italy. You can do that in two years' time. You can create, we can create our own energy. We can recycle everything. This is what we should talk about. Italy, a green country. Italy, a country where only organic wine is admitted. And we should tell the world this story. And it should be mandatory in the specifications of all wine consortia. We will get there, but we will get there later than other people. And we, when this happens, we will say we are such fools. And I'm sure that we'll get there in Langa later than the French Accord guys. They will be the first that will introduce this mandatory obligation about creating organic wines. In terms of quantity, in terms of quality now, they, cre they do great bubbles. We need to be quick identity, speed, respect of the supply chain, studying your, your history, your tradition, and working your ass off. And think of what Socrates said. The true wisdom is knowing that you do not know. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.